Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And to quote that bum in that episode of Hey Arnold, get out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. That's our thoughts cross this that, week. Cross that off my notes. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I took it from you so early. Uh, we watched the 2019 movie The Intruder, starring Dennis Quaid and Steph Curry. This movie is—I I don't Thank think any you. of us anticipated this movie to be as as powerful as it is, uh, as alarming as it is in a number of parts. I think we all knew how predictable it would be, uh, but uh, it turns out we're going to have plenty to say. Um, <laughs> Parker, are you ready for uh, Jerks of the Week? Buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So, we watched The Intruder, which, as you know, should have been called The Dennis System, which is a film in which Dennis Quaid sells his house to a hot young couple, but just won't leave. But you see, the thing is, like, 90% of my familiarity with Dennis Quaid in general is the parent trap. So I look him up on IMDb. Because I'm just completely drawn a blank. And I go, oh yeah, he's in The Day After Tomorrow. A movie where him and his adult son, Jake Gyllenhaal, have to survive the Ice Age. Oh god, I that forgot movie, that they were both in that. Yeah, like, it's, it's a shitty movie, but it poses a question. If hell freezes over, will they still serve beer? And that's why my jerk of the week is Tucker Max, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you worked that one, didn't you? All oh, right. buddy. You don't even know. I was almost late to work because of that. <laughs> All right. Alex, do you have a jerk of the week? I do, Chris. Uh, you know, here at Real Deal No Sex Appeal, we joke around a lot. You know, we take the piss out of people. Sometimes we go a little too far, but at, at the end of the day, like, we always have our core values. You know, just honesty, integrity sportsmanship well maybe not sportsmanship in chris's case but like for the other two of us sportsmanship and that's why my jerk of the week is that cheating ass horse you know we've seen horses go through a lot we saw them you know kill bin laden or whatever it was the horse soldiers actually did we know that horses are good people not bad people we know they know what american bombs are and this fucking horse has the nerve to block all these other horses and fuck up this race. Like, I'm sorry, like, th- does this horse not even know that there's a dude riding it? Like, that dude could have died, man. Like, that's, it's just, I, you expect more from the animal kingdom. You know, we do all this, like, conservation and ecology work to protect all of these endangered species, and then they just do this shit to us? Man, you know what? Fuck animals. <laughs> I'm done with all of them. I'm gonna eat extra meat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to use extra Elmer's glue every chance I get. I'm hoping I get that cheating ass horse. <laughs> You're making so many arts and crafts. <laughs> I am going to glue so many popsicle sticks together, dude. 
Make a little fort. Put a blanket in there. All right. Uh, my jerk of the week. So you may have heard. This is kind of a low bar, but it does kind of get me. Uh, they've released the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. Um, and it had a somewhat, shall we say, mixed reaction. A lot of people were not expecting Sonic to look like that. Although they should have. We saw the poster with his... His legs. Looking his like long that. human legs and feet. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, and human teeth, Chris. Yeah, the it's human teeth. mortifying. It was kind of difficult to look at. Uh, and there were a number of photoshops. I think my favorite one was the Babadook one that Parker showed me. That's <laughs> <laughs> real good. <laughs> uh, so. You gotta love it when normies pick up on the just making somebody's mouth their eyes and their eyes their mouth meme. Because there was a whole lot of that on my Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy, was there ever. So, anyway, the mixed reaction led to, I guess, the director saying, okay, don't worry, we'll fix it in post. If you know anything about how movies are made, this means a lot of people are going to have to work unpaid overtime to do this. And you know at least, like, a dozen people who are working on this said, hey, Sonic looks like a fucked-up, gritty nightmare. Please, don't make him look like this. We can change this now. The people at the higher-ups are like, no, make it look like this, kid. This will be just fine. <laughs> so, uh... Now, my jerk of the week is whoever made the decision to go ahead and redo him, because there's no way they're going to have enough time to render his bare feet in time for the release. <laughs> Don't worry. So we'll make sure your he jerk of the normal. week was, was Sonic <laughs> for being ugly. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll fix him so he looks normal, so he looks okay in this movie that's going to suck absolute dog shit. Yeah, I, actually, like, at least Alex. it'd be interesting to watch by just staring at this nightmare, but no. Yeah. Alex yeah, I want to really see it less now there. that he's yeah. going to look normal. I think it's a little bit more fun to watch if he looks like an idiot. Like, you don't want to watch a good Sonic in a bad movie. Or here's an idea, just don't make the movie. <laughs> that Paramount is putting this out, and they also put out those Ninja Turtle reboots where they look like fucking monsters. So it's cool <laughs> that they never learn anything. <laughs> no, right. it'll be okay this time. Just take this children's property and make them these fucking ghouls that no <laughs> child would ever want to look at. Well. That's how you sell toys, right? Uh, I wouldn't know. Sorry. I don't work at a department Collection. store. Um, let's That's let's hurtful. be real. Nobody's buying any toys except for Godzilla toys this summer. Uh, God. Oh. Okay. You know what? That actually segues well into what we recently watched. I uh, I watched Godzilla 2000. I'm on a mission to try to finish all the Godzilla movies by the time Godzilla King of the Monsters comes out, and this has taken me uh, surprisingly longer than I expected. There are like a million Godzilla movies, and most there of them sure are really are. bad. Correct, and uh, also correct. I'm I'm getting kind of burned out on them. However, I God's... told you that a month and a half ago. Oh yeah, you told me that. Yeah, but like once, a year once you ago, watch one, the list is started. It's so. if you give a mouse a cookie, right? Anyway, Godzilla 2000 is a weird one. Um, I actually have already seen this. I, in fact, I think I saw this in theaters. I remember my parents are just like. Yeah, you know, let's let's go out and give it a try. And it was subtitled, and I was like ten, so that was the first time I ever had to read a movie. And Preach. it was okay. Um, I uh, I wasn't really blown away by Godzilla, and I remember walking out being like, hoping that uh, I was trying to like socially like read my parents' reaction, being like, oh wow, that movie sure was good, guys. I feel so much smarter now and my dad immediately said that it was like really stupid and it should have been a mystery science theory 3000 and i was like i can't even win <laughs> um but that's not the only uh kaiju movie i watched i also finished the entire rebirth of mothra series 
<laughs> I you're a sucker. I, I feel like a <laughs> I feel like a mummy. I'm just drained of all my bodily fluids here. <laughs> that was not good. Uh, even I believe when King that that's Ghidorah. referred to as stun spore. <laughs> nice, yeah, God, because yeah, he's a mummy. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Next week, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I know, dude. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. We don't. We don't have to. Buddy. We do. No, like, you no, find a good we do. We movie. actually do. I I understand. Yeah, sometimes I just have to eat shit for content. And every once in a while, sometimes it's fun to do a popular movie. But anyway, um, <laughs> the Intruder out now. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, it's a kind of a contrast. Won't be here. true when you listen to this. Yeah. Trust well, me. anyway, uh, the the Mothra series was not great, but there's another series of movies I watched. I watched Three Ninjas. So, are you okay? Noted kaiju movies. I need to talk <laughs> about Three Ninjas. So, the first Three Ninjas movie is not good, as it turns out. I guess people saw uh, Home Alone it away. and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are like, ah, oh, let's put them together. Two bad things that go even worse together. So, anyway. Chris, uh, what list could this have been on? <laughs> no list. Actually, there is a reason what? that I watched these. He's starting a new one. Uh, did, did I tell you? Did I tell you guys the story about that South Korean uh, filmmaker who was kidnapped by Kim Jong Il? I think so. Yeah, yes, it's, it's like my favorite story. What does ever. it have to do with Hulk Hogan and Mega Mountain? Oh, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, don't worry. Brother. It turns out he worked on these each one of these movies in some capacity. And there's nothing to say about the first okay. three, uh, except for the fact that, oh, he worked on them in some capacity. But the fourth one does, in fact, star four? one Holy Hulk Hogan. Dog shit. I didn't know that was number four. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I had to make it through three other ones. Are you, you, did you think there were going to be some loose ends you weren't getting? <laughs> You'll go no, see Infinity was, War like, yeah, I saw like half these movies. It like, was, well, I don't want to miss anything for three inches. It was less important for Hulk Hogan. It was more important for like, I was kind of interested. It's like, this is uh, uh, Shin Sang-ok's like final days of film. Like, this is a man who worked on some of the most important films of our lifetime and lived one of the most incredible And also three ninjas. And also three ninjas. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I should see these, you know. Maybe something good is in <laughs> That's them. That's all canonized there isn't. forever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, starring one Jim Vardy and one Hulk Holy Hogan. Christ. I have seen are a number of okay? Hulk Hogan movies, uh, none of which are good, and this is one of them. This is I've probably his worst one. movie. <laughs> that leaked online with Bob with the Love Sponge. <laughs> <laughs> I ate too much pork. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, um, turns out it is, in fact, how you say, not good. And he is just <laughs> clearly not giving a shit in this. Um, it's it's actually more fun to watch Jim Varney because why does his face look like that? The only things that Hulk Hogan gives a shit about are fighting and saying the N-word. <laughs> oh, he, and the largest arms in the world. So, all natural, baby. Um... Rebecca made me sit down and watch Three Amigos for Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Is that also in the Three Ninjas universe? <laughs> it's a spin-off. It's, it's the Mexican version. The Mexican bootleg. <laughs> it's just the Three Ninjas wearing fake mustaches and sombreros. 
as it turns out, I still don't like Steve Martin. I still don't like Chevy Chase. And I never liked Martin Short to begin with. So I didn't laugh very much. I've, I've definitely seen a lot worse. I actually thought it was going to be like a disaster. But it was it was just fine. Rank the movies you've seen this week that have the number three in the title. Uh, three Amigos at the top. Then Jesus. Three Ninjas. I can do this. Three Ninjas 1. Then Three Ninjas Three, then Three Ninjas Two, and then Three Ninjas Four is easily the worst. As someone who has had several cries for help in his lifetime, this oh, could wait. not be more transparent. Hold up, and Mothra Three is technically the second best, so slot that one in there. <laughs> I hate to see it, folks. <laughs> this is there's there is one disastrous. <laughs> there is one joke I laughed at in Three Ninjas. Uh, they go into like a Mexican cantina and they ask the bartender, "Hey, uh, now that we're here in town, we'd like some beer." Bartender's like, oh, uh, we don't have any beer. We only have tequila. And they're like, oh, what's tequila? And he says, it's like beer. And I don't know why, but uh, that, that made me laugh. That was like, it's, I think it's because none of them say it. So it's like, you were broken at that point. Oh, that too. Yeah. Um, I have to laugh once or they'll think I'm not paying attention. Well, well <laughs> boy, been there. Nah, everything else is just me screaming. Chris, blink at, uh, three times if it's still on. <laughs> don't say three to me anymore <laughs> anyway i watched one more movie that um i'm not sure how to talk about this one. Oh but fuck I'll, hold on no <laughs> <sighs> you're getting ready you get... you watch fucking five kids movies in, all right <laughs> no, no, no. so this the is rape of a... nan king three <laughs> no this isn't a... <laughs> i didn't hear that in the rankings so. <laughs> i mean i haven't seen one and two yet so no. You wouldn't want to ruin the continuity. No, I actually mentioned this. This is uh, where did they get the soul stone from? This is bullshit. <laughs> I, me- <laughs> I, I mentioned I mentioned this one last week, and Alex was immediately averse to seeing this based on the title. It's by the same writers of the Saga the Hedgehog movie. It's called "Hey, Stop Stabbing Me." Uh, give it a little. I have to kind of grade it on a curve because it was made for five hundred dollars. Um, so I'm going to give it a little bit of credit and based on what I saw, I actually really liked it. I actually thought it was really funny. Uh, the part where they actually say stop stabbing me was not as funny as I had hoped it would be. You don't say. Yeah. They act- this what? sounds like something that would autoplay on E-Bomb's world in between really the does. cartoon movie and the end of the yeah, world. It's yeah, 50, it's 50 It could either be like, oh, it's actually kind of clever or... Oh my god, after this is the next epic rap battles of history. Yeah, well, anyway, um, you would Who's like... Who's going toe-to-toe with Thomas Jefferson? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, you guys are you guys are going to like this part. So, the version that I saw was on YouTube, and I was like, oh, sweet, I can watch without paying any money, because the DVD is like $40, I'm not going to pay that much for something that was made for $500. Uh Unfortunately, in order to uh, get around the copyright, they had to reverse the film image and make it kind of very slightly blurry, and they had to change the film's audio, which means they pitch shifted it, which means that everyone sounds like my favorite YouTube star, Fred. <laughs> oh, you watched two, not three. My apologies. Yeah, so. <laughs> Night of the Living Fred. Yeah, so still to date, one of the meanest things I've ever done. Yeah, as it as it turns out, was, um, was that am, more or less mean than finding out whether they served beer in hell? Oh, what the, they serve beer in hell is so much worse. Anyway. Uh, it's a push. Anyway, um, this, the fact that they all sound like Fred makes it impossible for me to give this an honest recommendation because it's kind of something you have to get around. But 
I think it was a funny movie. There was a lot that made me laugh. It was well done, uh, especially for $500. Again, grading on a curve. So basically what I'm saying is the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is going to be good. Alex, what did you watch? (laughs) All right. I don't have a ton here. Um, The first thing I want to talk about is something that I've been meaning to watch for a while and finally got around to because I saw it was on Netflix, Mm -hmm. which is a British miniseries called Bodyguard. Uh, Did you guys watch season one of Homeland? Nope. No, I've been told I should. And then so, also watch the rest of it because of how off the rails it gets. Oh, it's it's fucking absurd. So, Bodyguard stars the dude that played Rob Stark on Game of Thrones, which we'll get to in Normie Corner. Oh, right. <laughs> and is a British six-episode miniseries that is basically Homeland, but British. But also, they can't possibly fuck it up with a second season. And it's real suspenseful and real fucking good. And... It's about six hours of your time, and it is a strong two-thumbs-up recommendation for me. Because occasionally the British do good things in media. So it's like two Chris movie lengths. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not saying, like, drop everything and watch this, but, like, it's pretty fucking good. And you can ignore the uh, Netflix original tag on it, because Netflix is just the U.S. distributor for it, but they love to just slap their names on things. You're in the clear. Like, it's not okay. actually oh, that. Yeah. I appreciate the warning, because yeah. you would have yeah. gotten the message. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I've been... T- fool me 18 times. <laughs> I didn't watch that goddamn Ted Bundy thing, nor shall I. <laughs> you say that. You, you, did you watch the... Fucking pos- scene. Did you watch the possession of uh, Sharon Tate or something? The haunting of Sharon Tate? <laughs> that was your premium content. If you're that is not watch very different. Hillary Hold Duff is Sharon Tate. Are you fucking kidding? Me? <laughs> Come on. Who do you How think he is? How many hours do I have? That, that straight up was. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Last I checked, so something like nine. Oh, you, uh, yeah, yeah, you don't have to. Let's, what else did you watch? <laughs> <laughs> so I was planning on seeing Endgame this week, so I went back and rewatched Infinity War for the first time since it came out. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot more the first time. Oh, yeah. That's about what I expected. Uh, uh, So, it's got pacing issues, is the big thing. And, oddly, and I'm not trying to step on talking about uh, Endgame at all, but oddly, despite being 40 minutes longer, I felt like Endgame didn't. So Endgame breezed by, which says a lot for me. For a three-hour movie. It's 91 minutes. I'm fidgeting. Yeah. Uh, It's it's fine. I still don't know who that red-haired lady is. I think I missed that movie. But, oh, uh, it's Gamora. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I it was after after seeing both of those movies in about a thirty six hour span. I really wish this had just been like a miniseries instead. Like, just the first movie needs to be ninety minutes longer if you want to cover that much ground. I'm sorry, it just does. I don't want to watch a four hour Avengers movie, but if that's the content you're pulling from, that's what you got to do, and that's fine. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I would think prefer if most movies. large movies were just fucking miniseries. I mean, I I'd mean, be f- like, when we get to the point where every Harry Potter is remade as a TV miniseries, that's probably for the best. Oh, let's Christ. be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know it's coming. Uh, uh, we'll, we got to see what J.K. Rowling does to oh all God. of the canonical yeah. characters between what? now and then. That's going to be the longest normie corner ever. <laughs> is it ever, buddy? <laughs> that is when the whole podcast becomes normie corner. <laughs> <laughs> <We> rebranded. 
Oh, we're just going to call ourselves Norm Save America. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I hope Norm MacDonald already doesn't own that. <laughs> I love Norm MacDonald. What else do you watch? Uh, so anyway, uh, I watched Endgame. It was fine. Uh, yeah. Parker, I laughed twice. Can you guess what the two times were? Like, legitimately <sighs> oh, belly laughed twice at a Marvel movie. So props to them, but... Honestly, it's... No, you're gonna have to tell me, because <laughs> I know your sissy humor, and I know how much you don't care for these. So I'm gonna need to hear it, buddy. Alright, so first of all, there was an obvious one, which was, of course, the rock dude playing Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, come on, who do you think I am? It's, it's also funnier when you realize that it's five years later, and you know, like... <laughs> whole family's dead like yeah i know but we gotta get those skins out buddies fucking get <laughs> i laughed real hard at that and i laughed real hard at the entire paul rudd time travel sequence when he comes back as a baby and then comes <laughs> back and complains that one of the other paul rudd's pissed his pants <laughs> i didn't like actually laugh but i did get a smirk at <laughs> fucking don <laughs> cheeto just like what if we just go back in time and just fucking baby hitler <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that was real close to getting me. I don't um, want to say I spent like three days just nonstop thinking about the Hulk dabbing, but I absolutely <laughs> did. <laughs> it's so off-putting. So, you guys know how cynical I am about comic book movies. With good reason. Yeah. I know what I, I am. I don't have anything bad to say about this one. Like, at all. I, it was an extremely satisfying experience. Even the parts that the internet is mad about, I mean, first of all, just the fact that comic book, sweaty comic book nerds and SJWs are willing to join hands over the girl power scene and complain about it. When I was in the theater, I was like, oh, that's cute. And yeah, then like, I realized that the internet sucks. I, I'm sorry, what? They're fucking movie. cute? Alright, that's kind of degrading and sexist, but whatever. <laughs> I got a thing piece like, for does it. Does the moment make sense? No, but like, I don't care. Like, does a lot of the matter. time travel like, makes it? No, but who fucking cares. Oh, the time, like, yeah. The movie it, turns that's... into Back to the Future two for like an hour, and I'm, it's pretty there for it. I'll be honest with you. It's kind of the best part of the movie. Like, it's real good. you say the you say the words time heist. I'm just in. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, it's, it's good that you get ten minutes in, and they're like, oh. I just cut his fucking head off. What are, yeah, there's two hours and fifty minutes left of movie, so uh, don't know where we're going. I will say, I didn't need Fat Thor. As well, maybe the only first, black mark. But as I watch, I realize, like, huh? So you're telling me that he's dealing with his depression by staying home, drinking, and yelling at people over video games? Yeah. Why do you think I didn't want? Huh. This yeah. Come on. <laughs> just flashing back to all those years on Call of Duty. <laughs> You go to Just the movies to lobby this sort of thing. And yelling, I'm braver than any Marine, and then waiting for the game to start. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I think it's, it was uh, as satisfying as an ending as you're possibly going to get for that. I, considering, you know, the other major cultural event that I experienced yeah. this week. Boy, watching that solid two thumbs battle up, dude. episode and then going straight to end game was a real, like, Oh, so that's how you're supposed to do things. Yeah. Yep. You have character arcs that pay off. Weird. Yeah. 
You guys want to do the movie is like no 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 we're gonna spend twenty minutes in Thor the Dark World and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, speaking of, good. this applies because it's um it's what we recently watched. Josh has a recently watched. He's seeing Endgame tomorrow, technically tonight. So he's decided to go back through the MCU and check and check out the movies he hasn't seen yet. And he decided to watch Thor the Dark World. <laughs> I tried to warn Oddly him. Impression because it Josh. actually kind of matters, but also you're fine. I, I told him, it's like, you really don't have Man. to do that. If only I, we did an episode where we discussed all of these. <laughs> I remember literally nothing about Thor The Dark World. Like, I couldn't tell Same. you who the bad guy was. I couldn't tell you what happens. And I didn't feel like I was missing anything head. from the Thor plotline. So know, you're fine. You've got, he he loves his mom. That's it. I know his mom died. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I, I didn't, it didn't matter when that happens. Like, it was... The movie's, like, really self-contained. Like, I haven't seen Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel just dropping in and out of scenes and occasionally doing stuff. I was like, oh, okay. And it makes sense, because, like, yeah, there's, like, this happened in the whole universe. She's yeah. busy. There's yeah. 20 people on Earth. It's fine. She can I mean, I didn't know she was a space alien, but all right, cool. Yeah, it's fine. fine. Yeah, you know, you're fine. Doesn't matter. She's gone now. Exactly. <laughs> she flew off. You guys want to do Normie Corner now? More than I you... want to be alive. <laughs> King, so... tell me everything. <laughs> so first of all, like I do, I do want to make one serious point before this episode. Before like I talk about this episode, and I know this is gonna fall on deaf ears because at this point everybody that's going to see it has already seen it. But Jesus, if you've ever dated somebody with BPD, do not watch this episode. I deliberately stayed up till sunrise because I knew I was going to have nightmares. Because holy shit, I finally found out what Amelia Clark is good at. And it's fucking having crazy eyes. She's talking to somebody that she supposedly loves. And telling him exactly what he has to do in order to be loved by her. Because I... I no, nope, nope. I did not want to deal with this. I... Nope, 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 nope. Now let's get to the good stuff. So this fucking woman's dragons, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's we gotta, we gotta, we gotta start off. It's fine. <laughs> we gotta start off Normie Corner by talking about the first half of the episode, which was basically College Fuckfest Winterfell Edition. It was only missing Nescast <laughs> jumping into the scene and pointing at stuff. And all you can fuck As with there. <laughs> Everywhere I look, all I see is fucking. They burn a bunch of bodies and then immediately have a party. Okay, huh. you guys want to deal sure. with that stench? That's fine, it's the Middle Ages, whatever, you know. And then there's just, like, 30 minutes of, like, just shipping bait. Like, hey, this character and this character are hanging out drinking. I wonder if anything's gonna happen. It gets real, real uncomfortable consensually for a while. But, you oh, know, good. whatever, My all, of our, all of our heroes, of the you know, show. just hanging out, just, just doing their thing. Our, our good one-handed friend Jamie Lannister <laughs> spends the entire episode Dennis system the one virgin left on the show. <laughs> it's fucking incredible, dude. That they're just like, oh shit, we got six episodes left to sum up this entire show. Let's just have them hang out and drink and fuck for 40 minutes of it. 40 minutes! When you were describing the first half of this to me, and then I realized there's two episodes left. Yeah! What a colossal dropping of the ball. All you have to do is take a knee, and here we are. Cut, like, smash cut to a plot-relevant scene 
where it sounds like the audio for every character is sped up because they ran out of time. It's <laughs> fantastic. It is unreal. The fucking guy sitting there with the crossbow talking like Mark Wahlberg in Mile 22. Like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And <laughs> then the Bam Margera of Game of Thrones kills a dragon with a giant crossbow. Now, do I understand that they used a giant crossbow to hit a dragon three times? Not quite. They used a okay. giant crossbow mounted to a ship to hit Fuck a dragon off. three times. <laughs> the show's dog shit. There were three dragons in the world and she she's just, just let two of them die. She's just flying around with her dragon scouting in front of the fleet. There's a rock that's like roughly the size of like a two-story office building. A bunch of ships come out from behind it. She's like, oh my god, I didn't know these ships are here. And then the dragon gets murked. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. It's so funny that normies have been watching this show for a fucking decade, and now they just have to eat the shit. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to talk about the logistics of how dumb a lot of this is, because earlier in the show it's established that like the travel time between these two places is like six months. And they go back and forth, like, three times in an episode. So, like, oh, whatever. It's fine. It, do it like, fundamentally doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I'm not one to care about plot holes, but, like, just trying to have internal consistency or else who cares? Yeah. And, like, I get it. You know, your show's been on for so long that, like, all the normies have probably forgotten that a lot of this stuff is true. Also, man... Imagine watching nine seasons of this dumbass girl dicking around trying to learn how to be a good ruler, and then she just develops borderline personality disorder in the last season and starts murdering people. <laughs> like, just imagine all of those people out there who named their daughters Khaleesi, and now they're stuck with this. <laughs> it's so, so, so good. And I revel in these normy tears so much. <laughs> Another successful normie corner. <laughs> Double bird to all you normies who aren't listening to this podcast. <laughs> Normies vacate. No, don't worry. They they are in fact uh, upset with the show. Oh, are they? Oh, are you? Yeah, they uh, they're not having a tremendous amount of fun right now. So you were right. When Reddit unilaterally turns on something, you know you fucked up yep. because those people will eat. Any piece of slot put in front of them. Mm -hmm. Now they just hate watching it. Sweet, sweet vindication for my rule to never get invested in prestige TV. Because <laughs> it always, <laughs> always backfires. It's so cool to see another last season of Dexter happen in real time. Dude, it's so funny because like the true believers now that this is happening are like, oh well, actually it's never been prestige TV. That's just something that you guys say so you can watch a show with magic and dragons. Like, I, I mean, I'm hearing people off. say that Daenerys, I guess, is like the one of the worst characters in any TV show ever. I'm like, isn't she the main character? <laughs> it's, it's her so and this Mary Sue guy. That's like you, your choice. Why would you take the two worst actors in the show and just make them the centerpiece for the last season? <laughs> it's so cool. But, but seriously, the fucking best part that I love more than anything is the after show where they just talk to the directors who just talk to you like you're five years old. <laughs> <laughs> They're so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I get it now. Thanks, directors. When's your Star Wars movie coming out? <laughs> it was fun going to, going to the Wikipedia from one of them seeing, ah, son of a Goldman Sachs executive. Well, that makes a lot of sense all of a sudden. <laughs> a lot of pieces fitting in on how you just fail upwards forever into Game of Thrones and a Star Wars trilogy. Well, when you have a gorillion dollars, you just, you know, have the dragon get catapulted out of the sky, I guess. Well, you know, everybody seems to agree the one thing that these people have done right is their casting. So it's a real shame that they're not going to be able to cast Lara Dern in their Star Wars trilogy. Oh, uh, sorry, Park. Rest in power, Space Queen. <laughs> it was her turn. Johnson to take that away from them. <laughs> and low-key, my favorite thing is every time Mark Campbell tweets about how he wishes they could have had like a reunion scene with all three of them. And everyone's like, yo, Ryan Johnson is like... He's not the one that killed Han Solo. <laughs> like, that, that is correct. In the movie beforehand. He is also not the one that killed Carrie Fisher because he is not cocaine. <laughs> he is not oh. all of the eight balls in the universe. <laughs> oh, it's, so it's you're not al- you're not allowed to mention all those eight balls. She lived a hundred lifetimes. She's fine. Normie Y'all. corner, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Can you watch anything else? <laughs> Just overdose instead of watching Game of Thrones. No, that's all I got. My internet okay. connection's been doo-doo this week, so it's been hard for me to acquire things. Parker, you're up, buddy. <sighs> friends, friends, friends. Are Let's we... start with an easy one. Now, Chris, a while back, he watched The Legend of Hell House, and I demanded <laughs> you not spoil it for me. Right. Because I knew I was going to get to it. Yeah. Imagine my shock. <laughs> 90 minutes of a, you know, a well-done, spooky British haunted house movie where things start small and they escalate and they escalate, people get killed off, and you get to the end, and the climax is this little British man angrily yelling at the ghost for being a manlet. <laughs> That's how the movie ends. He just taunts it for being five foot two instead of six foot like he said he wasn't. The ghost is like, oh, fuck, you got me. <laughs> that is, is, in fact, the twist. I, I so could have sworn I, I had so spoiled happy. it on the podcast. I'm so happy I didn't. <laughs> I was I rewound it like three times because I would pause it and look at the runtime and go, no, there's like four <laughs> minutes left. There's got to be something coming. No, it's just like as the house is falling apart, he's just screaming that he's five two. <laughs> that is that is Chris. how you break a man. Let spirit just remind them of how small they are. You'd be surprised how easily you can kill a man's ego with that. <sighs> Leave him out of this. What Ben Shapiro? I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> Chris, I'm not nearly as far in my Godzilla watch as you. But I finally got to Godzilla's Revenge. I don't even remember which one that is. They all blend together. Does he That's fight another the monster there? That's 90% stock footage where the little kid imagines himself on the island with Godzilla's son. Oh, and talking Jesus about being wept. <laughs> this, I think this might actually be the worst Godzilla movie. Jesus yes, wept. Worse the than the Matthew Broderick movie. It's, the fact that it's only 70 minutes is the only thing that got me through it. It is unwatchable it is that honestly it voice. is worse than the matthew broderick version it's so fucking irritating with that I was, kid i was watching it like through speakers instead of headphones and when godzilla's kid kept doing that weird dolphin sound my dog went fucking crazy <laughs> she hated this movie as much as i did unwatchable i would you say this this is an insult to godzilla movies because i would it's just an insult to movies. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's uh, When you go to the trivia and read, like, oh, the effects guy died beforehand. No kidding. Makes sense. <laughs> Could have fooled me. Yeah. Probably killed himself so he didn't have to work on it. Got him. Take that. Yeah. Dab on him, dude. You know you had to do it to him. 
Chris. Using Seppuku. Alex. That's a Japanese word. Friends. I'm excited to talk to you two about a movie called Maniac Cop. Now oh, no. settle in deep. So we'll go back a little bit. And a man named William Lustig directs a movie called Maniac that is remembered to this day for having one of the absolute greatest head explosions ever on film. Ooh. It is so glorious. Tom Savini's best work. Like the movie goes into slow motion for like 30 seconds just to see all the chunks spew out. It's one of the most powerful things, like on par with scanners. So Larry Cohen's like, hey, that's pretty cool. You want to make a movie? He's like, yeah, let's do this. It's called Maniac Cop. So the tagline is, you have the right to remain silent forever. So already, <laughs> I've hit the download Fuck. button. We're in. We're in. Fuck. So, so there's a Rated cop out there already. who so happens to be a maniac who's murdering people. <laughs> he's choking people. He's snapping necks. He's got this giant blade concealed in his police baton, kind of like a katana. <laughs> Just really fucking up the people of New York. Back when New York was like grimy before Giuliani had all the homeless people killed. Like, it's real gross. Clean up and it's the up city. to Detective Tom Atkins to solve this mystery, Oh, folks. no. Yes. Who is the prime suspect, you ask? Why a young and hungry-for-money Bruce Campbell. Oh, <gasps> God. Oh, God. So we spend a huge chunk of this movie being like, Hey, who is it? Is it Bruce Campbell? Is it someone else? And they're keeping him a secret. Are you suggesting... Is... Hold on. Are you suggesting that Bruce Campbell plays Red Herring? <laughs> <laughs> I might be, because here's the thing. <laughs> so we're keeping him a mystery, but it's not like it's shot in POV. You see the person doing it, but they're like silhouetted. The problem is, the maniac cop is Robert Zadar. So you see this giant seven-foot-tall man with a fucking Easter Island head, and they're like, I don't know, might have been Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say is it is incredibly good. Speaking now, of Easter Island heads, oh, shout-out to Laura Loomer. She's just having... <laughs> might have inspired this choice, cannot confirm. <laughs> now, as a She has a point, nerd, though. Being banned from Twitter is like the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> She's being taken to the ghettos. <laughs> now, as a fat, sweaty horror nerd, you know your boy's in a bunch of discords. And when I mentioned Maniac Cop, the unanimous response was, you're watching Maniac Cop 2 next, right? Oh, so no. fuck yeah, of course I do. <laughs> Zombie Robert Zadar extracting his revenge on the cops that wronged him for 90 minutes. Oh Christopher, God. my friend, you've seen the original The Thing from Another World, right? Uh, yeah. Do you remember the very end of the movie where they all just douse him in fire? Yeah. What about that, but Robert Zadar fighting off prisoners? <laughs> like, the last five minutes is just him on fire, throwing people around out windows. Oh my god. It is so good. I had an incredible week. Bruce Campbell called Maniac Cop one of the worst movies he's ever done, which is baffling considering every movie he's ever been in that wasn't the Evil Dead. The absolute nerve of this dude. Shocker, he didn't put Congo on there. but Future episode. That is streaming on Amazon Prime. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Shit, you're right. Also I saw like, that. That's the most stultifying second act of any movie I've ever seen. Our next feature... From the director of The Marine 2, 12 Rounds 2, The Condemned 2, The Scorpion King 3, Someone say three. and Bear, oh, fuck. <laughs> comes Hard Target 2, starring Scott Adkins. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Folks. This doesn't exist. 
God Atkins is an MMA fighter. In the middle of the big fight, he pulls off a slow motion 540 spin kick that fucking kills his opponent. (laughs) (laughs) First scene of the movie. So the sports commissions come down pretty hard on him. So instead of like working construction or go back to school, he just does underground pit fights as you would. And he's approached by a very wealthy man who takes him to a skyscraper in the middle of Bangkok where the only things in it are a long table and a set of samurai armor. And he's like, hey man, one last fight. It's a tournament. Winner takes all. So Scott's like, alright, I guess I'll do this. Rolls into Myanmar and surprise, you're being hunted for sport. (laughs) Now, unless I missed it, there's no mention of him being like a Navy SEAL or some shit. He's just a guy who fights MMA. (laughs) He's surviving in the jungle fighting off these hunters it's not good but it's netflix good like you don't have to pause it when you go to the bathroom you know when to pay attention it's got real heavy surviving the game vibes which is always a good thing and man (laughs) (laughs) if you want to see a director try and do a bunch of john woo slow motion not understand why john woo slow motion works do i have the movie for you Now, the last thing I saw is proof that style is everything and substance is for cowards. Because, y'all, the cell got added to Netflix. Hey, Parker, would you rather watch The Good and the Bad and the Ugly or a movie from 2000 directed by the guy whose only credits are music videos? That's about Jennifer Lopez going into the mind of a comatose Vincent D'Onofrio to find out where he has his last victim? The answer is the latter, because it fucking sucks, and yet it has Vincent D'Onofrio playing a snake man in reptile skin who has three fights with J-Lo. So, you know, <laughs> just go ahead and turn over that 100 minutes of your life, because you know you're going to watch it. <sighs> That's it for me, folks. Who wants to talk about The Intruder? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I had a week. <laughs> I, that that was one of the most incredible sequences. That's very on-brand for you for a lot of these. I, I try, you know. Hard target, too, with Scott Atkins. I forgot that movie existed. If you told me Scott Atkins were in it, I probably would have seen it by now. Yeah. (laughs) I knew that movie existed at one point, but I didn't remember Scott Atkins was in it. The other Alex is going to be furious that uh, you watched a movie that doesn't have Jean-Claude Van Damme in it. She's going to feel betrayed. All right, let's talk about... This week's a new week, buddy. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Let's talk about The Intruder. So, The Intruder stars Dennis Quaid as Mel Gibson. And he sells. Wait, does it? <laughs> he sells a house to Steph Curry and uh, Steph Curry's wife, whose name is Annie. I'm gonna have to call her that because she does have a name. Uh, they sell the. He sells a house for I think 3.3 million dollars. Oh, I'm going a little bit fast here. I'm sorry. Steph Curry is played by Michael Ely, and uh, he is a businessman. <laughs> he closes he a business deal. The company. Yeah. The company. <laughs> Ah, you had the most sales of the company this quarter. He closed a major deal. This is going to mean big things for us. So (laughs) this gets him a tremendous amount of fucking money, which allows him to buy a multi-million dollar house. talk about the surprise party to start this movie. He's just cruising in an Audi with the grown-up version of the kid who pissed his pants in Superbad. I have an (laughs) idiot. People don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I've got. You can keep going now. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're done for the entire movie. 
<laughs> Tune in next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, which, that, that character's name, I believe, is Michael. And uh, as soon as you see him, you know he's dead, which tells you what kind of movie this is. Um, anyway, it's it's a very predictable movie. You can kind of tell exactly what they're going for here. I did not watch the trailer. I think I'm better for it, but... I still kind of knew what they were doing. Like, as he's showing them the house, he's like, oh, you got this thing over here. This thing is really nice. And this room hasn't been repainted or redone or anything, and you can just make it your own or something like that. I don't know what that means, Dennis Quaid. Uh, I'm going to take away this shitty wallpaper that's still yellowing. So, uh, But you can tell it's like, oh, he doesn't want them to change the house or like mess with it or anything like that. I'm going to keep that in the back of our heads for later. <laughs> anyway, uh, Steph Curry decides that, okay, I'll buy this house for $3.3 million. So, so much for me being able to identify with a main character. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm on Dennis Quaid's side. He built this house with his bare hands. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he really likes this house. Uh, anyway, uh, he uh, Steph Curry buys a house and he's living there with his wife and they have the most PG-13 love scene I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's real yeah. It's so PG-13, dude. Yeah. Holy shit. Let me, let me kiss your titties while you're wearing a bra. <laughs> it's emotional. So. <laughs> also, it's like on top of an oven? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's kinky anyway uh, I, mean, I mean chris would you say that you and or tucker max has ever done that <laughs> I, i'm just doing that scene that's in the intruder where he smashes michael's head in with that wine ball it turns out he's just dreaming but it's okay i'm not mad or anything so uh they wake up one morning right and they hear a lawnmower outside and of course my mom goes right to the lawnmower man i'm really hoping it's gonna be that better movie god if but, this uh, movie had a fucking monkey playing dude <laughs> <laughs> it'd be Fortnite, but anyway uh, no instead it's just dead as quaid they're like what the fuck is he doing mowing the lawn like right there is my dad probably would have shot dennis quaid like, because by A, my dad owns guns. He's not anti-gun like Steph Curry isn't here. He's got a good reason. But this is not your house anymore. That's not your lawnmower anymore. That's not your lawn anymore. You do not get to mow the lawn anymore. That is that is not the way this thing works. You are It's criminal trespassing. You absolutely have to fuck off. Do not invite this man to Thanksgiving. What, what are you thinking? Uh, Alex, you, you often pick up on the, the way women are treated in movies. Could you tell me about the characterization of Annie in this movie? This might be the dumbest character in any movie that I have ever seen. Yes. I, like... <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. There are, of course, you know, all sorts of, like, well-known horror movie tro- tropes. Like, oh, you're being chased by the killer. Don't run up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Like... There's a strange man outside. Maybe don't, you know, invite him to Thanksgiving. This movie takes every single trope that you could possibly think of, throws them into, like, a college freshman film class blender with The Shining, and just spits it out. That's your whole fucking movie. I think what really... fucking character, because this this movie is a, a cast of, like, maybe four people. All of these tropes fall on the shoulders of the same character. Yeah, you know, she's also the one who's like, oh, don't have sex or a thing. And she has a love scene on an oven. And uh, it, it just feels like 
I don't know. It's, maybe there's something up with the writer or the director or someone like that. It just feels like it's almost a sexist portrayal because the character is so stupid. It's just like, oh, women don't understand. Men or dogs are out to get them. And you're my woman. Get back in my cave sort of thing. And it's. I understand that, yes, I agree. She is extremely stupid for uh, inviting this man out to dinner. But couldn't you have spread... I, I think, Alex, I'm agreeing with you. Couldn't you have spread some stupidity around and make, like, Steph Curry's character also somewhat trusting of uh, this of this individual? But no, I'm on so, Steph Curry's side the entire movie. This comes in a little bit to my theater experience with this movie. All right, here we go. <laughs> because my crowd turned on Steph Curry the second it was revealed that he cheated on her once. Oh. <laughs> At that point, every time he was on screen, it just, like, everyone was rooting for Dennis Quaid. Everyone. Like, until, I like, mean, so was I, but for different reasons. Yeah, until, like, the last, like, until he, like, starts licking her at the end. No, oh, yeah, that, oh, my well, God. We'll get to that. That was yeah. the point when it, it flipped back. But, yeah. like, <laughs> when it was revealed that, like, this dude cheated once, then, like, ev- you could tell that everyone in the theater's brain just recontextualized the whole thing as, like, oh, this is why she doesn't believe him. Because uh-huh. he's a fucking liar. Because <laughs> before that, it's like, hey, you bought me this $3 million house. Why'd you text me instead of calling me? <laughs> I would have yeah. fucking driven home and handed her the keys. Like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? In you my head, it. for about an hour, it was... She has taken out a life insurance policy because she clearly wants this man dead because he she keeps inviting Dennis Quaid into this house. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's shown up seven times unannounced. Get out of here! Oh my God, he have Christmas ornaments. Oh, Are Jesus, you the fucking Christmas fucking ornaments. Fucking kidding me. Now there, there's a couple things here. Um, maybe it's my inner mass hole, but uh, every single time Dennis Quaid showed up, I, I, I internally was just like, oh, geez, not this guy again. I swear to God, Billy, come over here. We have to get this fucking guy because every single time I, I was like throwing up my hands like of course he's right over there why is he just always there like i'm not even scared when it's like oh the lightning flashes and he's in their house so he's watching them bone like i was just annoyed i, had, I was just like god i you had a fuck blast off. with all of those scenes because i watched this the same day that i rewatched infinity war and all i could think about was dave bautista talking about how he was practicing standing perfectly still so people couldn't see him <laughs> it's all i could think every time the lightning flashed and there he was yeah completely took me out of the intended mood of the movie but i'm better for it i really thought at one point he wears a red hat i really thought it was going to be like a maga hat would have made the movie like extra political there's a message uh also can we just touch on the fact that i'm so happy that it's he's not there because they're black he's there because he wants his house back like race does not like yeah i don't think there's really any race wearing a red hat's not an accident but like that could have been the point of the movie, and this could have been a real fucking drudge to sit through. Yeah, you know, I don't really think there was any uh, racism, unless I missed out on some sort of subtle thing in there. But It's uh, quite the opposite. He yeah. does not care what race she is. He just wants to get all up inside. Yeah. Um, so two things we need to talk about. One, we need to talk about how Dennis Quaid is constantly announced. I called it the Dennis Quaid alert. Whenever there's a loud noise, that means Dennis Quaid is coming. Uh, for example, the first time you meet him is like, wow, look at this really nice babbling brook in our backyard. Pow! Rifle right into <laughs> a just, deer's head. He just shoots a fucking 
deer like five just, feet away from them. He's like, oh, geez, would have been a shame if I missed. Uh, hey, Dennis uh, Quaid with a house? red hat running at these black guys with a shotgun, like, oh, geez, neighbor, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, boy, what are we in for? Yo, what, are we in, what are we doing, movie? I'm wondering if the movie was as confident as it was because they're like freaking out. They're like, we have to go, we have to go, we have to go. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it turns out the more I, I watched the movie, I was like, wait, were they like getting in that defensive position because Steph Curry's character is triggered by uh, guns. I have a feeling that the movie was sort of almost overplaying itself there. But uh, the other thing is, he's also announced by like, oh, there's a thunderclap. Look, there he is again. Or we heard a, a really loud creak. There he is again. We heard, unfortunately, a music sting. I think the movie sort of runs out of effects, but the best one is he walks into a locked door and it's so loud it's just a thunk and it's like oh that's Dennis Quaid again so it's so great because it's like a glass door basically so you just see him just run into the door and stand there like what the fuck Open the door. <laughs> it, it is kind of it is kind of one of the best moments of the movie because it's sort of like a subtle way that he's used to the door being open because it's his fucking house man so I just want to say this movie five minutes in it tells you like Oh yeah, no, we're we're doing this. Yep. When you're sitting there and watching his first scene, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, "Oh my god, is he trying to do a Heath Ledger Joker impression?" And he keeps over laughing, and he keeps getting that big shitty smile. And I was so happy, y'all. He's I was very like clearly he's going for it in this movie. I'm glad you went to it uh, too. Like I said, this is every Mel Gibson uh, surreptitious recording, uh, the Alec Baldwin surreptitious recording. (laughs) (laughs) You should just sit there and blow me. It's called structural integrity. Yeah. So my fucking Lakers tickets. Like, all right, man, it's cool. Yeah, uh, you you can kind of tell he's really going for it, and. Uh, you know, it actually, it almost seems like a problem in the movie because the movie keeps trying to play up like, oh, maybe these characters are just paranoid. Like, she th- she remembers that he cheated on her, and maybe Does he's... it, though? I, that's the thing, is that's what I kept getting from the movie. I feel like that's what the director and writer are trying to tell me. It's just like, oh, look, they don't trust each other. Maybe there's nothing going on with this guy at all, even though if you've seen a movie, you'd know that there's something going on. But early on, it, it reveals it's like, no, he's in their house. He is watching them from the lawn. He is, And he is clearly mentally unstable. He wants to assault Michael. And he has that inaudible scream when uh, he's talking about the tapestry, which is one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in the entire movie. Yeah, and to the movie's credit, like, I, I mean, you can kind of make what you will of those early scenes. Like, that when the when Steph Curry runs into the neighbor, who's like, Oh yeah, that house is fucked up. That lady shot herself. Unless he killed her. That doesn't happen until like an hour into the movie. So you've got plenty of time to just chew on it. And like, make your own opinion of it. Before they're like, alright, no, this is the road we're definitely going down. Well, I I mean, you're making... That didn't happen 20 minutes in. But you make your own opinion of it, but I think everyone comes to the same opinion. Is that like, it's crazy. Especially because you see him and he is constantly in their backyard. He is actually inside their house watching them bone on that bear rug. Oh my god, he's just standing at the door. He's just in there looking at him like fucking uh, John Voight and Anaconda. (laughs) The scene where he's looking at the... Where he's wondering where the tapestry went. And it's just white noise and him breathing heavy. 
is so fucking good. It's so I, I I'd like to love it so much. I'd like to congratulate us on our humility. We try not to praise ourselves too much. So thank you guys for not getting like all overly congratulatory on my film debut as Mike in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the most normal man who has ever lived. <laughs> How much Game of Thrones do you think he watches? <laughs> oh, buddy, <laughs> uh, he is he is the character where literally the first time you see him, you're like, oh, he is so dead. Like, you, every single step he takes is, like, sure just a bonus it's level, you know? It's, you are so lucky. This is bonus time for you, man. Cause, I could uh, not believe he made it as far as he did. In absolutely. Movie. Oh, we'll get to his death scene later, but, oh, wow. So good. He, just, he is... Guys, I love this fucking movie. I think. <laughs> I... Like, when we describe it, I'm going to say the word trash a lot, but do not get it twisted. That is... The utmost love and affection. I fucking had so much fun with this movie. This is very much, I would call it, a bad movie. But there are a lot of things that it does actually really well. Uh, one of the ones, I'd, I'd say the performances. I actually really like all the performances. Not just Dennis Quaid, which is, like, if you're fun, I will count that as a good performance. But Michael Ely does a really good job. Like, he's, he is a Quaid, good actor. I'm looking at the last year of Nick Cage's career and going... Oh, that's what I have to do. Okay. I'm here for it. I'll be honest with you. Just like, oh, you mean just go for it? Like, just, okay, sure. Yeah, I, I felt like you can say what you want about whether you thought the, like, the, his performance was kind of hackneyed, but, like, everyone played their character. Like, yeah. To the, the point that, like, there was nobody that at any point in this movie was jarring. Like, yeah, it's funny seeing him do his thing sometimes, but, like, it, it definitely felt worked. like it worked with the character. Yeah, like, it makes sense in the context of the get, movie. You get that scene where he's, like, sitting in the room, like, practicing his smile and stuff, and you're like, oh, fuck, okay. Yeah, oh. he's not just, like, weird old dad that happens to be creepy. He yeah. actually knows what he's doing the whole time. We'll get to that. But like you said, that's also not till way later. Yeah. Just yeah. to kind of throw you, like, oh, yeah, no, we're definitely doing this. Yeah, like, there's, like, other stuff in that scene, too. So I there's, the, like, a little scene. Again, I was in the theater by myself, so I was taking notes, and I... I, I know you guys saw this, but, like, there was no one else out there and no one else was, like, kind of, like, chuckling or being like, whoa, wait, what the fuck? So, after he sells the house, he says, oh, I don't know, I'll maybe move down to Florida with my daughter. But he never really seems to move down to Florida. He's just, you know, oh, I know, moving's hard, and no one ever seems to push him on that. And, uh, anyway, Annie tells him as he's leaving the house for what must be the 29th time, oh, have fun with retirement in Florida, like, kind of, like, making it an obvious <laughs> point. And as he closes the car door, he's I don't know why it was just I don't know why I thought that was really funny you can tell he's just like I, losing his shit without him this movie is just a kind of creepy home invasion movie that I watch I probably don't bring up on the show and then I forget about it but that performance is so fucking strong. Yeah. The nerve of Sony just to take him going forward a thousand percent and just dumping it a week after the most popular movie in history really <laughs> cheesed me off. Like, at least give it like a February where like it'll be in theaters for like two months because nothing else is out. Oh, it's going to be man. around for a while because nothing else is out. Like nothing else is coming out. Like it'll hang around for a couple weeks, I think. Mm. Uh, y'all owe it everyone owes it to themselves yeah <laughs> this oh it's God, not exactly so serenity but there are things that are worth seeing here um man, what a powerful year this has been too uh, it's been so real far good. like yeah. not, that's like, it red box i almost rented it again <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I told I told Josh he has to see Serenity before he listens to the episode. Like, do yourself a oh, solid yeah. here. Yeah, you owe it to yourself. But I've never seen Firefly. I almost slapped him. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> never heard that one before. Yeah, I know. He's, he's the one who's constantly doing it, too. Especially anyway. not on that episode. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, it's when I said it's predictable, like, this is not a spoiler. Like, you can tell as soon as he says, oh, yeah, my wife died, you know. She had cancer. He doesn't say she died of cancer. It's again, like Alex said, I have seen a movie before, so yeah. you you kind of know exactly what's going to happen with that one. And I, it was not a very bold prediction to say he either killed his wife, his kids, or both. So I guess just kid. Uh, I, I kept thinking that he had multiple kids, but I guess he it's just did have daughter. multiple kids. There were just, multiple kids in the picture. He said he also had a son. Yeah, I guess the son just never got brought up. The son. I don't. Yeah. kind of feels like Which is fine. Eh. Feels like a James Bond uh, invention that never gets used. You know, it's just like maybe that kid could have come out at the last second. Oh, it was the it was the son this all the time. Movie didn't need a big cast. <laughs> How yeah. long do you want this movie, Chris? Yeah. Come on now. I don't know. I could have used a little bit more. There, that's a cut scene somewhere. Yeah, actually, you know, that's fine. So apparently, he's been staying at this one. I guess they call it a, a hotel in the area. It doesn't look like a hotel, but I'll take their word on it. Um, anyway, after that scene where uh, Michael Ely goes up to him and very drunkenly tells him, "Please fuck off," and uh, goes Chuck away. That yeah, I call him that Chuck. scene is so good. Yeah, then he goes to I would call it his lair. Um, he is sitting in what appears to be a cell and he's practicing his smile in front of a mirror like, oh, that's what kind of movie this is sort of thing. That's not what I was focusing on. I was focusing on the brick in the background. Uh, It's (laughs) just like, wait a second, what hotel has a room like that? Oh no, he's in that prison from The Dark Knight Rises. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite theater experience. (laughs) Three times. Yeah. Don't say three. Has twins. <laughs> Rank your Dark Knight Rises viewing experiences. <laughs> like they're twists, but it was also me just silently hoping, like, please God, let him have a spooky torture basement. Please God, like, just throw me this bone. And the second she finds that ladder, I'm kicking my feet like a toddler. Like, oh my God, Dennis Quaid has a creepy murder dungeon underneath her house. <laughs> I was so happy. Also, like. You know, what Chris said a second ago about, um, you know, how we've seen movies before. We know when he mentions that the wife had cancer, that doesn't say, like, you know, that she died of cancer. And we eventually find out that it was a quote-unquote suicide. That all is expected. What I was not expecting was to see the fucking bloodstains on the wall from the lady <laughs> shooting herself in the head. <laughs> She'd leave the like, wallpaper. It's, it's not just that. It's also the reaction to it. Like, they're just like, yeah, should we replace that? Yeah, so, so you think that's blood? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely blood. It's, like, very obviously blood. They're like, ah, should we paint over that? I don't know. Anyway. I appreciated <laughs> that all the backstory of like he had these debts and his companies went under was like a thirty second explanation of like yeah shit happened that's why he had to sell the house doesn't matter get past it yeah, yeah. it made me think of the scene in Nightmare on Elm Street where the whole movie stops like look so we killed a bunch of kids so we all got we all got together and killed him that's why he's back all right bye back to the movie yeah you know I kind of thought that would be a part of a larger whole um, this doesn't matter I know. 
Well, I mean, it's up to that point, your only real source of confusion with the movie is, like, if this guy loves his house so much, why the fuck did he sell it? It ties up the only loose ends. Like, it's fine. I, I know. Yeah, that's that's not my complaint about it. I'm wondering whether I should get into it, it now. It doesn't seem like a later. good enough reason. <laughs> like, wait, debts for what? Oh, scene's over. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's in the house again. <laughs> I'm sorry. My next note on here is I was just getting really, really sick and tired of Annie. I think this was the Christmas bulb scene, which it, that... it's also revealed yeah. that uh, he, uh, Michael Ely, at one point cheated on her and the signal of that is that he texted her instead of calling this i apparently this was the 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 switch flip moment for alex's theater i was just so <laughs> bored by that whole scene um anyway had i not, i would have felt the same way had i not realized the way that my theater full of angry black women would feel about that scene they're like, oh no, fuck that guy. That's a good point, yeah. I, I heard it, like, multiple times at multiple different places in the theater. Like, they fucking hated this dude so much. Queens, get yourself <laughs> a king. Anyway. So much more than I could ever hate a character in a movie like this. <laughs> anyway, I'm jealous of your theater experience now. Uh, the good so news is that good, this, this scene led to uh, a moment where they're having a lovely bone on a polar bear rug on the middle of the floor. And he is in the house just watching him make fuck. And uh, <laughs> at that point, you're just like, you know what? All the doors are locked and they have a security system and he's still in there. There's, there's some way that he's able to get in and out. And I was... Almost hoping it was supernatural. I was almost hoping he was a spirit. Um, but God, instead, that would have been dope. Charlie Pegg's been dead going on 30 years now. Yeah. So, basic... A lot of history down that road. Yeah, a lot that of movie. the woods and of course Charlie Pegg was buried in that cemetery. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard his name in 25 years to the day. Uh, anyway, uh, I was kind of hoping the movie was going to go in a sort of a different direction with his motivation. So obviously he needs to sell the house to make up for government liens or whatever their explanation was. And uh, That seems like uh, at, like in test screens, they're like, wait, why did he sell the house? Uh, Shit, okay, uh, you come here, uh, talk to this dude in a coffee shop for 30 seconds, got it. Yeah. Hey, put down that camera, put on this hat, okay, tell him about owing the government money. Yo, someone get the IT guy to find out all of the things that are wrong in this movie. Yeah. Guys, can we please, it's okay, does he work at like a fucking advertising company, or what does he do? He he was at a company, they, they, they do sales. Oh yeah, they, yeah, for the company. some woman about what looks like fucking smart water, (laughs) he's like, Alright, get our IT guy to look through this guy's past. <laughs> what the fuck are you yeah, talking about? We need to There's just a dude in a in a, like an office smaller than my bathroom by himself <laughs> on a laptop, like, uh, I found his kids on here, uh she changed her name. Like I like what? to imagine that this is what every IT guy at every company goes through. <laughs> just a bunch of fucking dumbass boomers like, Hey, you guys think you could find Santa Claus for me? <laughs> uh I bought this house, and uh, I think I seen the Jersey Devil outside. Name, sir. Four I have a now. disc with Norton antivirus on. That's my whole job. Yeah, but like, can you find him? Um, I, I I guess here's my real problem with the movie, and it's not like a huge problem. It's just maybe I wanted more out of the movie than it was willing to give me. I was kind of remember uh, Parker, you in particular. Remember the haunting? How uh, in the in the in the original version, the good one. How the woman sort of like fell in love with the house and it was like really creepy. 
I was kind of hoping that, like, the reason he killed his wife, and I was kind of hoping he had killed his daughter because it would have been interesting. He said, yeah, raising a daughter is really hard. And, you know, sometimes they're just so willful. And I was thinking, like, maybe a girl didn't, like, close a door the right way or maybe she pissed outside, too, on the rose bushes. <laughs> and, he had to, and he had to kill her, you know? And uh, that's apparently the wife didn't love the house enough, so he had to kill them. I was kind of hoping that he was, like, really psychotically in love with the house. And the yeah, reason he had sold it to them... I was kind of hoping the girl was in the statue of gonna be real oh that's a good one yeah yeah that would have been good anyway i was kind of hoping like that's the reason he sold to them he was like yeah you guys will be good caretakers in the future she needs a good caretaker you gotta mow the lawn just right looks like you missed a spot over there i'm not even doing a good impression of dennis quake because i don't want to wake up my roommates but uh (laughs) it's it's just that like i kind of hoped that that was what it was going to be instead it's no he he likes the house also he needs the money also annie is really hot and that's it. And then I guess it's more human. I guess it's more relatable because it's more believable. But I feel like the version that I was expecting and anticipating and desiring was just a, would have been a little bit better. Don't get me wrong. I would love an A24 version of this movie. Yeah, exactly. However, like a real movie. That's a good point, like, yeah. He wouldn't just slowly start going crazier as it went on. It doesn't make sense. But this is trash, and I loved it. Him just He spent the entire third act just covered in sweat at all times the man oh, is just drenched oh that screaming and making those faces. so let's talk about his I body the face from the trailer <laughs> when he pops his shirt off and keeps making that face I'm like oh y'all this movie is next yeah one. yeah okay so when he pops his shirt off you can see his body uh he's got Jeez. the old man workout going on he's been using the the info supplements he's gotten progressively redder uh <laughs> I love the idea that this entire movie only happens because the two ladies are talking in the kitchen early about how he's hot for an old guy. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> like, he was ready to just fuck off, and it's like, oh, these women, they oh. just can't resist me. Did, oh, all right, Alex, I guess we have to ask, how did the black women feel about that scene? I won't go, mm-hmm. I did not hear any mm-hmms. Oh, well. But that's not to say they didn't oh. happen. Oh, I guess yeah. you weren't sitting next to me, then. Who <laughs> <laughs> amongst us? Now, uh, Parker, do you think that Dennis Quaid's character, if he had lived, spoilers, uh, would have grown up to be the grandfather from Silent Night, Deadly Night? <laughs> Just catatonic in that house. Like, hey, Uncle Charlie. <laughs> He's got a death wish. All the I, good boys and girls. I wish he survived because I would absolutely watch a franchise of just like every two years a new couple moves into this house and this happens again. I'd be there for a couple more of these, I'll be honest with you. There was, I had so much fun yeah, watching. I think, I think this movie does work better if he just kills them and then like, I, has to hide him in the basement yeah. and then I, the house is for sale again. I, I sort of expected that. I don't think I would have wanted that ending, though. It, it reminds me of yeah. the ending of uh, Ginger Snaps 2 Unleashed, which I really hated. Because um, you could even lean into it like, yeah, everyone knows him. Like I was expecting a scene where the police would show up and be like, Nah, it doesn't sound like him, and just fuck off, because yeah. everyone knows him. Like, oh, yeah. Really leaned into, like, oh, no, the whole town's fucked. Like, you don't even understand. He's in the lodge. Oh, missed, missed opportunity, y'all. Let's yeah. go back. I'd like to say, also... see his head explode. <laughs> <laughs> but in our hearts, we feel it. I'd also like to congratulate, just some minor congratulations, to Alex on getting his screenplay published. I could tell it was you writing this under a pseudonym <laughs> when uh, he asked, Hey, is that a spruce? It's a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, 
you caught me. That was my That's line, you. and also, I have seen The Shining at least once in my life. Well, there's that. Let's talk about the third act, buddy. Oh, Jesus. So, well, like I said, like, a real movie, he would not go this unleashed as it goes on, but aren't you happy he did? So, yeah. luckily, yeah. Like, luckily, I did not All right, see. well, uh, I see this hot piece of chocolate meat. It's just me and her in this room. <laughs> Let's just go Jack Torrance with it. Like, why the fuck not? When he walks outside that first time and Chekhov's axe is just sitting in the log. Yeah. I was... It, it, and then he twists his ankle down. and he's just he's just limping, running around with his axe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He axes somebody in the chest. He axes the one person of a different color than all the other characters in the chest. And mm. you're supposed to get those Scatman Crothers flashbacks. Yeah. And then he busts into the house and busts through the door and sticks his face in the hole. And it's like, yeah, man, a college freshman really did write this movie. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, oh, wait, Thank we forgot to talk about uh, Michael's death scene. Boy, have, has there ever been a death scene that was more dragged out? That endless walk down that driveway. Hmm. Give me a so cigarette. Good. I thought that dude is just, yeah, right. He also, like, he's a minor character, but he's also hamming it up, like, just cannot stop shaking and staring cool. at this Whoa, well, yeah, he almost scared me. Yeah. Watch out for deer. <laughs> like, yeah. He's this guy who exists only to be like, hey, man, I don't know what her deal is, and then die. Just fucking also amps it up, just fucking full-on shaky hands holding that cigarette. That slow trudge down and then just eating that axe. Oh, it's so yeah, good. it took forever. Like I said, this movie is trash. And I love it. With all my heart. <laughs> I is... don't want this to try and be a real movie. Don't pretend. I don't know. I have my expectations. I will say that one of the things I loved is I did not see the trailer. And I also didn't see him intentionally close up. But I did hear him mention when he said, here's the linen closet. Part of my internal bell said, what's that? It was very much like AOC not knowing what a garbage disposal is. It was just like, <laughs> I am not possessed Good of pull. the most spacious digs. So we don't have a linen closet. We have the what? floor. Do you mean under the sink? What are you fucking talking about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have never had a linen Now I want one. You know, I'm going to build my own linen closet. It's going to have a little I base and everything. I am going to build a linen closet that goes three stories yeah. underneath Yeah, it's going to have a, you know, it's going to have a neat tunnel God, and everything. It's well, so big. We'll watch anime down so there. so much and room a, down there. It's a fucking fridge that he fits a body in. Uh, it's it's I a walk-in corpse freezer. The best part I mean, I guess he does hunt a lot of animals. <laughs> you know what? It all makes sense. The script is there wasn't a single time that they were like, huh, this electric bill's really high this month. Actually, it makes sense because he says he was a structural engineer, so therefore. Yeah, he knows how beams work. God, even that scene where like it's still early on, so he's keeping it together. He's like, yeah, just knock this wall out, and you just see him just kind of like gripping that drink. Like, yeah. I don't fucking think so. Yeah, where where they're all, he's like very clearly. Actually, I thought that scene was kind of well done, where he's like loudly saying, "It's like, ah, uh, well, you know, houses have integrity. Of course, some people don't have integrity, you know." And he's like, he's getting progressively yeah. louder during that scene without like, but still like holding that smile and be like, "Yeah, I'm actually laughing at how not mad I am. You're actually mad, not me." That's like that's the, a great scene, but that's also the scene where immediately afterwards any other person is like, Alright, that guy's never coming to the house. Exactly. Yeah. yeah he, but and he's like, but Oh he yeah. Christmas ornaments. Come inside, you brought me a pizza. I I would let him someone Again, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> on, yeah, so um anyway. I, we're not even talking like, about the, the fact that act, he uh, hit Steph Curry with his truck. <laughs> like the whole third act he is full Jack Torrance, but yeah. I think he also does like a really good job of the slow ramp up of like having little outbursts and be like, oh, sorry, gosh, you know, I just, this house has been in the family so long, you know, so I can drill it around, took long. 
A lot of time for those vines to grow. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, vine what? scene. Quit drilling holes in my house. Those vines, they took ten years to grow there. Well, they don't look I even good. like the small detail that he knows the guy by name because, of course, he does. Yeah. I, I kind of love this. It's movie. also like the fact that the house has a name at all. You know, that's just... So cool. It reminds me of Foxcatcher, actually. What they call it? Fox Glove in this movie? Fox Glove, yeah. Yeah, because it's poisonous. He says with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> He hasn't grown here in a while, just staring, doing that fucking Joker smile. Anyway, so at some point he hits uh, Steph Curry with his truck uh, and puts him in the hospital. And Again, Annie's the dumbest character in history. He goes to her house, oh, I heard he was in the hospital. And she's like, oh, yeah, it was really rough. She never says, how did you know? Uh, He he plies his way in with a pizza. You know what? I... It worked. It worked right here, buddy. But he said it was an everything um, pizza, so I had olives on it. So right there, I'm out. I'm not yeah, gonna pick yeah, those. Yeah, no, I, I'm turning him away when he yeah. says just pick the toppings you don't like off because uh, they bake those don't? fucking onions into the cheese, and I'm not about that. Life. And then she says like, "Oh, why don't you eat it with me? You want to die, right?" But yeah. oh, the black women in Alex's theater approve. So for 70 minutes, if you watch this movie as she sees how much money she has. She puts out a life insurance policy on him and is just waiting for him to get murdered. This movie makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, She's inviting death. She's inviting the Grim Reaper into their house every ten minutes. It's it's just her favorite thing in the world, I guess. Anyway, um, at some point he just decides to keep showing up and finally, finally, she, he just happens to be in their house and she's just like, whoa, wait, what are you doing here? I'm just like, oh, it's only the, like, eight dozenth time that he's done this. And uh, then he finally just grabs her and takes hold of her and uh, it's a sort of a perfect blue scene, I guess. And uh, then I, there's a scene here because I want to make sure I'm not hallucinating that this actually happened. He slams her head against the refrigerator, right? And she falls on the ground nice. And then he leans down and he screams, what, in her face, like he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Did you guys notice that, too? I would have gone with Lil Jon, yes. <laughs> I, I went right for Stone Cold Steve Austin, just, what? I, if he had been wearing the shirt, it would have been so much what? better. <laughs> and, then, and then Steph Curry calls him, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> he hears the cell phone, but I was like, hello and good evening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that depends, doctor. <laughs> yeah, well, your friend Michael is no more. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> 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 of course, it goes back to the Yoda impression. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but that what scene just, it is stuck in my craw. Anyway, so at this point. And we're at the point where the movie has a decision to make. Yeah. Are you gonna go for it? Or are you gonna pull back? I thought they were gonna do like Dennis the. Quaid decides. I thought they were gonna do like the no, Halloween no, no. ending where uh, I'm they shoot him, but he somehow head. gets away. <laughs> I'm gonna dump my head in the shower, come out soaking wet, and start <laughs> taking her clothes off with my teeth and licking her oh. while saying, "If mommy's happy, everyone's happy." Yeah. <laughs> so how was your theater so experience, good. Alex? <laughs> This is yeah. This is where there was a lot of gasping and that sort of thing. <gasps> he was a bad guy the whole time. Because it's it's PG thirteen. Like he expected to pull some punches, but like, oh no, we're, we're kind of going for it. I mean, you say that, but like he's licking her cleavage while she still has her top on. That's it's still oh. uncomfortable. Oh, I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> uncomfortable, but it's also like... as uncomfortable as this is. This leads to my favorite thing in the movie. Which is Steph Curry returning to the house and making noise, and Dennis Quaid responding by hog tying her. 
He's just fucking twiddling his mustache as he ties this lady yeah, in Yeah, he's going to put her on the train tracks. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is just the most snidely whiplash shit. Like, who fucking hog ties I kind of, you know, I kind of feel bad for the uh, for the actress. It feels like Kate Capshaw in Temple of Doom. Just, like, the damsel in distress who's, like, functionally retarded also gets hogtied. <laughs> <laughs> and gets and gets her cleavage licked by two different guys. <laughs> you don't understand. It's going to be a movie. It's going to make a lot of money. Endgame's not going to take that much from it. <laughs> this will be great for your career. <laughs> this is counter programming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, she's able to escape that eventually. Good on her. But this is also where Dennis Quaid sort of shifts to. I I don't know. Again, it was like I, they could have gone either way. I was okay with it, but I was almost expecting like he starts just shooting the chandeliers and shit and just destroying yes. the house. I was just like, I feel like this guy that loved this house more than anything. This should it's be like, like the video game boss that you trick into attacking itself. He should be doing damage to like, himself every single time he shoots a door for no reason. He's just like limping a little bit harder. Like just, it doesn't make sense, but also I don't care. <laughs> All I could think about during the scene where he, who loves this house so much, starts destroying the house is fucking... God, why can't I remember the name of that shitty Ben Affleck Netflix movie oh. where the house is the safe? <laughs> Triple Frontier. <laughs> Triple Frontier, yes. All I could think of was two things. Just... Uh, one, I thought he forgot to dump the boiler, and the other was kiss and kiss and that's what I've been missing, because again, The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, this Fairly obvious. Hey, if you're gonna steal, have Dennis Quaid steal from the best. <laughs> um, so the ending. Uh, again, I thought they were gonna go for the. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, just. I I really thought it. that they were gonna go for the Night of the Living Dead ending, and part of me was just like, would they do it today? Because like you know, kneeling for the anthem, etc. But uh, I mean, no, get they... out almost did that. We were real close. <laughs> I I really thought they were gonna do it, and they turned this out. They they don't actually do it but uh i thought that was a really satisfying ending i, I really like that ending. yeah first of all he gets him on the ground pulls the trigger screen goes black for like three seconds and credits immediately it's like you know what good on you extremely credits. loud over mixed credits Credit, yeah, so credits loud. with an, a heavily heavily censored rap song <laughs> oh my god yes. pg-13 i was dying on the way out <laughs> oh yeah i didn't stick around for any sort of post-credit scene where he still somehow survived oh my just just if when, his eyes opened, I'm in. You get the you get the fucking shot, like looking up the barrel of the gun, and Steph Curry says, "Go to hell," and then shoots him. <laughs> and all I could think is the fucking Ben Garrison comic where John McCain crashes a plane into his own grave. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Let me find that for you. It's real good. Oh uh, let me find that for you right now. Holy shit. <laughs> Is Ben Garrison woke, you guys? <laughs> oh my god, I think he wrote this movie. <laughs> I mean, Dennis Quaid was right in the end. He should have just bought a gun. I, ultimately, he told him the whole goddamn movie. Yeah, like, yeah you can't really protect your house without a gun, huh? Yeah, this no, is, I don't need one. The, All right, well, I'll be seeing you again, buddy. This movie is praxis for the NRA. <laughs> Uh, and in the end, Chris, please look at Discord. Oh, jeez, I'm gonna have to check it right now. I I have it's, to have this. It's so good. Uh, 
go to hell. <laughs> I I kind of thought that he was gonna say it was like, oh, you can't pull it, you can't pull the trigger. You're too much of a bitch to do it." And I was thought he was gonna say, "I'm nobody's bitch." <laughs> <laughs> I'm you long. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is the gift that keeps on giving. It's so that, good. that uh, Ben Garrison comic, that might be the most offensive one I've seen so far. And that's saying a lot. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's incredible. Besides maybe the, uh, besides maybe the uh, AOC ones, but that's because I don't know how to be offended by the AOC ones. I don't know what's offensive about it, but I do know there's something wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> She's this ugly, hideous woman, but also she has big Fucking tits. Okay, I mean, you can Kazar Go to hell. <laughs> oh, this podcast so is worth powerful. it just so Chris could see that. Oh, it was worth it's it. So powerful. Now, thank you so much for showing me that. <laughs> I guess I know what the cover art for this episode is <laughs> No, I, I, I'm hoping that the cold open is just... <laughs> well, I mean, that's for you if you ever posted it on Terriblog.net. Anyway. Um, hey, I caught up, mostly. Parker, you're a lot more susceptible to um, home invasion oh. movies than we are. Buddy. How, how did I this ever? one do it for you? I mean, I was laughing from like minute five, so not a lot of terror going on. I, yeah. I will say this, I, I, as I was watching the movie, I was just thinking to myself, much like you were, Parker, well, this is fucking trash. But as I walked out of the movie, a lot of it kind of stuck with me. Again, the performances were good. I liked the linen closet reveal. And there are a lot of things I obviously disliked, but I, I don't know. The performance is every once in a while that's going to be sticking with me. It's just some guy in your house. It's kind of a simple concept. He's just watching you have sex on a bear rug. And... I don't know. Next time I have sex, I'm gonna be like looking around. It's like there's some guy in my house or something like that. That's yeah, usually first a good time, time I have sex. I'm gonna be thinking about Dennis yeah. Quaid. Well, it helps. I, from I will. I would say that with as cool of a house as they had, like for the exterior stuff and all, mm-hmm. and how central the character it was, I really wish we'd gotten a little bit more of the house. I wish I could like sort of know the layout in my brain, like the Resident Evil mansion. You know yeah, I, mean? I, I agree. That? I definitely like, agree. Because I even appreciated how like it starts with them getting a tour of the house. But it's cut together so quick you don't see like which room leads. To yeah, it's kind of like this. Exactly. It's kind of like, like the Simpsons right house where they're just idea, changing it every but it didn't. Uh, you know, one of the other things about it is like the more we get to see the house, the more we fall in love with the house, or at least become comfortable in the house, which is sort of what would be better for immersion. Filmmakers do not know what that word is. And the other thing is uh, Annie. It's a small complaint, but it's there's one line that she says it's after the christmas light scene where they send him on his way and she's just like i don't know about you but i love it here and i was flabbergasted i could not tell that she loved it there because the movie never really shows her loving the place she just happens to say it in that moment if they had shown her being like yeah i really like this house this is just it just shown her like walking around and just being comfortable in that house i i think it would have made the movie like a little bit more believable when uh she invites him in it's like yeah someone else who appreciates this house like me you know but they never really show it they just say it i mean like i said the h24 version of this movie would be really fucking good but also (laughs) this is real fucking good so you have to get a good movie or you get a good movie uh (laughs) yeah you get a good movie or a capital g wink wink good movie um i maybe it's for the best that um 
that the guy just works at the business factory and, uh, and makes a lot fine. of money for work as Vincent Adult Man the company. He's just some advertising. What do you, how does he afford a $3 million house? Oh, he had the most sales in the company. Got it. <laughs> Let's get to the house. Oh, we're already at the house at the 10-minute mark? Great. Thanks, movie. Yeah. God, we do get into it so No, much. we do, yeah. I do appreciate mm-hmm. that. <laughs> okay, so our final closing thoughts. I'm going to have a specific theme here. What is your favorite uh, Dennis Quaid scene in this movie? Okay, besides him peering through the doorway with that smile, right? Because that's everyone's. <laughs> yeah, besides that. Uh, it's got to be that first dinner scene where he's just slowly getting ramped up when they're talking about redoing mm-hmm. the house. That's real good. I mean, I'm not sure I'd call it a Dennis Quaid scene, but I think my pick has to be when they fucking encounter him in that bar. Because, like, oh, it, it's the point in the movie at which he's the most normal and which everyone else appears the most unhinged. But it's so good. I, and then, as soon as they leave, you can tell, like, oh, he is not handling yeah. this well. <laughs> yeah. That smile fades immediately. Yeah. Cut to him just in his weird dark Just doing country. dentistry on himself in that, like, car rearview mirror. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene has to be when he's spying on her in the shower, mostly because it reminded me of that scene in Soul Taker where the mother is spying on her own daughter in the shower. <laughs> Speaking of Robert Cigar, <laughs> big week for him. Uh, would have been if he were alive. <laughs> anyway. Um, Rest in power, King. Let's, uh, I guess those are our final thoughts. Uh, I guess we can give it a hearty recommendation. Absolutely. Y'all owe it to yourselves. Everyone needs some good trash in their life every once mm-hmm. in a while. It's hard to find good trash, because you'll see trailers and be like, man, if that lives up to its potential, that's going to be really fun. And 40 minutes in, you're like, I'm too far in to turn this off, and I just want to die. This segment brought to us so by Oscar the Grinch. <laughs> some good trash. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, um, speaking of things that are going to make us grouchy... Our next episode will be on... Maniac Cop. <laughs> Detective Pikachu. <laughs> and that's the tea, sis.